I am Jeff Luther and the host of your new favorite podcast, The Inspector Alliance. This is where we'll peel back the curtain and get behind successful service industry businesses to see just what makes them tick. We're going to focus around the home inspection business. That's what I've built. I've owned it for a little over 20 years now. But we'll also include other service businesses that might parallel ours so we can learn more. But the more we know, the better off we are, right? Our last episode, we talked about uh, starting the home inspection business from scratch, um, or any service business for that matter. Kind of your your base or your starting point, and how to, if everyone remembers, kind of get the flywheel to start to turn a little bit. Um, and now I want to kind of jump a little bit forward. It seems like a big leap forward, but not. It's mastering the art of home inspection which is more about, uh, about the practice, and we'll talk more about that, but it could apply to, to any trade, really. Any trade, any business. Um, the technician in me loves to build new things. So starting from scratch, I, I really enjoy that. That's probably why I've done so well in the home inspection business, building my business from, truly, from zero dollars to, uh, to over three million. Um, because it's always a new thing, always a, a new process. It's, a, it's kind of a constant building or a constant learning process for me. And I think the technician in me loves, loves that. Um, for any of, of those folks out there that have not read the book, The E-Myth, that's a good one to pick up. It's, uh, that's what comes to mind when we're talking about the, the technician or tactician. Um, I've always said also, this is the only profession I know of where really the more you know the worse off you are and I'll try to make this simple and I don't want to sound negative well it's going to sound negative to you if it sounds negative to you I don't mean to convey a negative message how about that um, I, I don't want to come off as negative but it's the only profession I know of where the more you know the worse off you are I'll try to make it simple um, I know people might kind of poo-poo this I'm, I may get some ugly messages but it's my show, my opinion, right? Um, so I'll kind of approach it this way. Inspectors that I come in contact with, even in, even in my own organization, um, they're very technician-oriented, very technical-oriented. They always want to get all the technical stuff right. And, and I will tell you one of, the, one of the most profound things that I've heard anyone speak to in that vein is from Alan Carson, who talks about report writing and he said oftentimes as inspectors we feel like we have to write the report for the next inspector um, because we feel like we're going to be graded on how well they could understand it like it being a technical document and that's really not our audience at all other inspectors know how to write an inspection report for the most part and uh, and know how to do this on their own um, so most inspectors I know they they want to get all the technical stuff right they argue uh, the code books versus installation instructions versus best practice, then what material to use might be best and for what application and in what climate and in what region. There's a lot to debate about construction and building science overall. Um, this is always going to vary from contractor to contractor, region to region, product to product, opinion to opinion, what's easiest to install, what's easiest to maintain, what's easiest to use, easiest to handle, most inexpensive material, 
less maintenance, all of those things, there's always going to be a difference of opinion. So as a result, inspectors, I would say, stay very in tune with current construction practice or current construct the construction world by and large. And in turn, they learn about new practices, new products, new, new systems, new maintenance instructions. Um, they go to seminars. We have annual seminars for home inspectors. So they go to seminars, uh, they read, they get different certifications. Some of them even stay involved with the trades. There are a lot of inspectors that do this on part-time basis. So they're still involved with the trades. Um, and that's actually how this business got started by, uh, by contractors being out at track homes doing their, doing their jobs during the day and people come through the neighborhood and asking them if they would do kind of a construction walkthrough. And that's how, it, that's how the home inspection business started by doing walkthroughs for new home buyers where they would do a walkthrough. Usually it was structural, structure oriented. Um, and then it kind of grew, well, it hasn't grown, it's still in its infancy, but then developed into a profession or, uh, or a trade, so to speak. Um, so if they stay involved with the trades, as, as these inspectors I'm, I'm speaking of, as they stay involved with the trades, they're always getting you new and sometimes mostly useful information. So as they learn about new things, they sometimes have an internal conflict with their conscious. So um, if we think about, this, this is where I think that the more inspectors know, the worse off they are, okay? Or the less valuable they become. That might even be a more appropriate statement. The more an inspector learns, the less valuable they become. Um, I'll try to put this in terms so I don't get yelled at, but there are a, a few inspectors out there that, uh, that like to yell when they disagree. Uh, so I sort of compare this to, uh, to a temper tantrum. So it, I, I digress, um, but I'm going to try and put it in terms where I don't get yelled at. Um, we're going to take, let's say, let's say bundled neutrals and all the inspector folks out there are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. For those of you that uh, aren't, are in a different service profession, just bear with me. So we're going to take we're going to take bundled neutrals or double tap neutrals, however you want to phrase it, wherever you want to call it. Use your own words here. Insert your own words, and I'll use mine, and we'll just agree that ours are both different. Um, this is when more than one neutral conductor is connected to one screw or one lug at the neutral bar in the electrical panel. Um, I started doing home inspections in 2001. This changed in the National Electric Code in 2002. Now, for those of you that follow the ASHI SOP, let's all agree that the ASHI SOP says that we are not responsible for code. So I'll so I'll go ahead and throw that out there, um, and I'll just sort of leave that there, right? ASHI says we are not responsible for code, but at the same time, kind of outlines what we're supposed to do, and in terms of inspecting the conductors and the internal electrical panel. Um, for the purpose of this discussion, the NEC laid out that neutrals should be separated individually at the bus bar, meaning you have one neutral that connects to one lug or one screw at the neutral bus bar inside of the panel. Um, so say for example, I did an inspection in 2001 on a house that was three years old at the time, so built in 1998, right? Then I do that same inspection, not the same inspection, then I do an inspection on that same home 
in 2005. So four years after I did the original inspection, seven years after the home was built, chances are that sometime in that period, I'm going to have learned about a, a new standard, right? As a home inspector, going through all the criteria we just talked about, where I'm staying current in my industry, maybe even still in the trade, but chances are good sometime in that seven-year time frame, I'm going to have learned something new. Now I have a dilemma. One is that I said the panel was okay in 2001, and we're assuming, right? We're assuming all things being equal that in 2001, I found no issues with that panel. Now it's 2005. So, so now I have a dilemma. I've learned something new. So, so one of those dilemmas is that I said the panel was okay in 2001. Um, now I need to figure out why it was okay then and not okay now, speaking specifically about these bundled neutrals. I'm now displaying a problem that will most likely have no easy solution. I just became less valuable. So something that, that the house has survived perfectly fine for for the last seven years, now I'm saying is not okay. Um, further, I'm saying that the repair is probably gonna be pretty expensive. It, in most instances, this may even be replacing the panel because you can't interchange the parts inside of a panel. And if there's not enough room on that neutral bus to run all the lugs individually or run all the conductors to an individual lug, then you would need to replace that panel. It could be pretty expensive. And then it gets into the permitting process, what has to be updated and what doesn't. It can be a, a little sticky. Um, so the sellers now have an issue that, they've ha that they have to deal with that they may have been able to have the seller address during their purchase had they known. So I just became less valuable to the sellers. I became less valuable to, to the real estate agents that are involved in the transaction. Um, they have marketed this home under the understanding nothing's been changed and the, the panel was fine in 2001. Now here we are four years later, nothing has changed and the panel is not fine. I just became less valuable. Um, so I created my own ethical dilemma by learning more. I became less valuable by learning more. Some of you folks out there are going to know exactly what I'm talking about. You'll know exactly what I mean and you'll understand. Here's another one, another, another one that, uh, these, these are things that I've had to deal with in my extended career as a home inspector or as a home inspection or as a, an owner of a home inspection company, thermal expansion tanks. This came about as municipalities started using backflow preventers or check valves on water meters. So this was, for, for us, it was specifically City of Atlanta. City of Atlanta, were they were in the process of changing out water meters, then they wrote an ordinance. Uh, the water meters got changed out, so they put check valves, check valves on them or backflow preventers. This means that um, for all the water that goes into the system, of, that goes through the meter and into the home, None of it can go back through that water meter and uh, uh, the plumbing system of a home is a closed loop system. So it's totally closed off unless of course there's a leak, which by design they're not supposed to leak. So we have to assume that it's always going to be a closed loop system. So that means once those molecules of water start to expand and the, now the planets have to really be aligned for this to happen, but the, the, the water heats up and the molecules start to expand and that water or the water molecules have no place to go. It can, it can cause a toilet to leak. I mean, it can, it can actually cause a leak or blow out a fixture. It's very far-fetched, 
but that is why they put in the ordinance to have backflow preventers, or I'm sorry, to have thermal expansion tanks. And the thermal expansion tanks would work in conjunction with the backflow preventer. So instead of the water bleeding back into the valve, bleeding back into the meter, it would bleed off into that thermal expansion tank the next time you use cold water, flush a toilet, whatever. Um, it would drain back out of that tank and back into that closed loop system. So we started noting homes that didn't have thermal expansion tanks. Then we get into the issue where the plumber has to put in a thermal expansion tank. Could be a water heater that's 12 years old. Plumbers would refuse to do it because they knew the water heater would start leaking. Inevitably, that's what happens, right? It's like that last man in theory. Um, so then we were, as we started to learn things, we became less valuable. This home that was perfectly fine or this plumbing system that was perfectly fine three years prior now has to have a thermal expansion tank, a potentially new water heater, and the plumber's going to find potentially other issues with the home. So we became less value. So we have that ethical dilemma or that struggle with our conscience um, to to make those notes about the thermal expansion tank in conjunction with the check valve, and we have made ourselves less valuable. Um, did you know there's also a Watts Governor 80? So we're in homes looking for specific, specifically this thermal expansion tank. There's actually another valve made by Watts that can go on a toilet. It's called a Governor 80. Um, you can install that on a commode and it serves the same purpose where the, if there is expansion on that closed loop system, it bleeds off just into the water tank of a toilet and turn drains out of the system. Um, just FYI. Uh, so if you look at it from that perspective as to how you master the home inspection business, there's really no way to do that. There's no way to, there's no way to master the home inspection business. But if you look at it at the specific topic of mastery as the practice, then you're mastering that profession right now. Just listening to this podcast, trying to get better, learning something is mastery. That's just it. Mastery is the practice. And the, the relentless pursuit of perfectionism, I guess, or the relentless pursuit of excellence is not mutually exclusive with, with being satisfied, right? We always want to pursue excellence, but at the same time, celebrate what we've learned and celebrate our accomplishments along the way. Um, so keep doing what you're doing, keep seeking information, keep making yourself better, be confident in what you know already, celebrate how far you've come, and know that being satisfied is not mutually exclusive with the pursuit of excellence. Just, just reiterating what I've said. Um, and I don't mean being satisfied, like, like being full, like at a, a Ryan's Steakhouse Buffet satisfied in what you've accomplished, being satisfied in what you've done. Now just keep going. Um, and you can do that here as we as we continue to put out content. This is a great place to get information, both the philanthropic side, the, the entrepreneurial side, and then also the technical side as well. So if you want to continue to follow along, just click that like button down there at the bottom. And I'll look forward to seeing you again next time.